Well, what's going on, y'all? How we doing tonight? Come on, we can do a little bit better. How you feeling tonight? Let's go. I want to welcome you to the exchange. If it's your first time joining us, we're so glad you are here. My name is Mark. I lead the exchange ministry here at Grace Family Church, especially if it's your first time joining us. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Like Pastor House said, we are in week four of a series that we've called Mixtapes. And today we're talking all about relationships. We're going to get down to the nuts and bolts as we finish out this series. And I want to start here. How many of you know uh, what your, your love language is? Anybody? Love language? Anybody in uh, favor of receiving gifts? Dang. A couple of us. Well, your future spouse is going to be pretty lucky because mine isn't. Mine is receiving gifts, and uh, we have a little dilemma in our marriage. Uh, I love gifts. I really love receiving them, and I hate to say it. I love you, but my wife doesn't give the best gifts. It, I love you. We can talk about it later. I, I, I want to tell you. I want to tell you why I'm saying this. And this this happened uh, several years ago when we when we just started dating. It was actually, in fact, around Christmas time. I wanted Michelle to meet my family. Michelle and I met in Miami, Florida, and my family's here in Tampa, so I wanted her to come meet my family here in Tampa around Christmas time. So we're driving down for Christmas, and on Christmas Day, we have this tradition in my family when it comes to opening presents, that usually someone will start out with their smallest and work their way to the biggest gift. I remember it was Michelle's turn, so I go ahead and give her all of her presents, and I give her the main gift, and it was this gold chain and it had on it plated like the day that we met and our initials on it super cute I know yeah she was super emotional as you can imagine hey disclaimer guys if you don't know you're gonna marry her don't give her jewelry I'll, I'll say that don't give her jewelry just start there but I, I gave Michelle this gold necklace this gold chain she was all into it loved it and now it came my turn and I'm looking under the tree and the worst feeling in the world on Christmas day is when you don't see anything with your name on it Michelle pulls out from behind the couch this huge box, and at the time it was like the Yeezy era when the, the Pirate Blacks came out. So I'm thinking, oh, she got me Yeezys. Yeah, cool. So I go to start opening this box. I'm ripping the gift wrapper off this thing, and I'm like, she bought me a drone. I'm like, I'm kind of confused. Like, videography is not my calling. Like, what, what am I about to do with a drone? Like, you ever get a gift and it's just like, why would, why would this be fitting for me? Why, why would this be fitting for me? So I, I look at the drone, I'm like, oh, man, this is awesome. Thank you, you know. I start putting it together and I, I go outside like a little kid. And I'm like, I guess I could do something. I can like wave at it as it like flies over me or something. This is going to be pretty cool. Um, and I put it together and I, I had the remote. I put the batteries in there and it literally wouldn't get off the ground. So I'm like, is this a joke? Like, is there something else she really bought me? Like, she's joking. So I go inside, I'm like, hey, hey, babe, I, I love the gift, but there's a pro it's not working. A little problem, it's not, not working. Like, hey, babe, maybe you could, like, take it back, you know? Like, get your money back. I was like, how much did it cost? And she's like, 400 bucks. I'm like, girl, do you know what we could do with $400? Let's talk about it. And I'm like, babe, just re return it. And, and she goes, there's a little problem. I'm like, a little problem. What else? What else? It's a drone. That's a big enough issue. She goes, I bought it at the mall. I'm like, explain. I, I, what store did you buy it from, Michelle? And she's like, well, well, hear me. Like, I bought it in Miami at one of those things. You know when you walk into the mall, there's those things in the middle of the area. I'm like, Michelle, a kiosk? 
You bought a $450 key, uh, a drone from a kiosk. You were probably their first and last sale of the year. <laughs> like there, there's no hope at this point. You're getting your money back for this thing. But you ever receive a gift that's like, why, why this? Why, why is this fitting for me? This doesn't even make any sense. I think so many of us in this room, we actually have this gift given from God that we, we don't even realize it's a gift. Many of us in this room have a gift from God. We don't even really realize it's a gift. And today, as we, as we jump in, I want to talk about your singleness being a gift from God. I want to talk about your singleness being a gift from God, the season of singleness being a gift from God. I'm going to use a passage of scripture from 1 Corinthians chapter 7. And this is a man by the name of Paul. Paul is a pastor. He's a leader of the church. And he's writing to a group of people in this region called Corinth. He's writing from the city of Ephesus. And he's, he's writing to these people. And he's encouraging them. He says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 7 through 8. But I wish everyone were single just as I am. Yet each person has their special gift from God of one kind or another. Verse 8, so I say to those who aren't married and the widows, it's better to stay unmarried just as I am. I want you to get this. Your relationship status is a gift. So singles, you being single is a gift. Your season of singleness is a gift from God. And I know you're probably sitting here, you're like, well, tell God to take the freaking gift back. I don't want the gift. Tell him to take the freaking thing back. But I want to tell you, if you understand the importance of the single season of life, I promise it's going to change your perspective on your purpose, on the plan that God has for you, and what he's calling you to in this season of life. I promise it's going to change your perspective. And I want to be clear here. Here's how you know you have the gift of singleness. If you woke up this morning next to someone, I probably shouldn't say that. If you woke up this morning next to a spouse, you don't have the gift. <laughs> See what I did there? Yeah, I, I want to make sure I clarify that. If you woke up this morning next to a spouse, you don't have the gift, then you are in fact single. You are in fact single. Dating or not, you are single. And I want to be real today. I know I can come with facts, I can come with a lot of statistics, I can come with a whole bunch of different stuff, but this, this topic, it matters to me. Because this is something that I never leveraged, I never prioritized, this is an area in my life I never really seen as a gift. In fact, in my adolescence, all the way from my adolescence all the way to adulthood, I think I spent more time being in relationships than I did being single. I, I just wanna be real today, because I can actually tell you it actually led to my detriment and it showed up most my first year of marriage. It showed up most in my first year of marriage. So I wanna be real today. I wanna to speak truth. I wanna to come to you with truth and grace, but I wanna tell you the season of singleness is your most important season of life. And you see what Paul is saying is whether you're married or unmarried, you should see your status as a gift. Not just your singleness, but the status, the season of life you're in, married, unmarried, you should see it as a gift and understand there's a purpose behind it. There's a purpose behind it. And I, I want you to get this today. Your singleness is a gift. Don't just go through it. Learn how to grow through it. Don't just go through it. Grow through your season of 
singleness because the greatest opportunity to finding your purpose is in that season. The greatest opportunity to find your purpose is in that season of life. And I know some of us sit in this room and we just want to rush through singleness. We want to get to what matters most. We want to go to college. We want to get our education. We want to step into our career. And then we want to get married. And then we want to have children. We want to rush through the single season and not prioritize it, not leverage it, not get the full use out of it. But what happens when you've checked off all of those boxes, you got done with school, you're in your career, and now you're dating. And date after date seems like a flop. Relationship after relationship doesn't seem like it's gaining any ground. Do you still trust God in that moment? Do you still believe God that what he has given you is a gift? We can be honest. That's really hard to believe that that's a gift. That's really hard to believe that God could be doing something in that moment. You see what happens when no one's pursuing you, when no one's showing general interest, what happens to your faith? What happens to what you believe to be a true about God? And I think it's so easy for us to forget. Relationships steal our attention. They rob us of our attention. And maybe that's why God is saying it is a gift to remain single. And you don't realize why, because you can focus on Jesus. You can focus on finding perspective about who God has called and created you to be without any distractions. You see, 1 Corinthians 7, verse 34, it says this, but a married man has to think about his earthly responsibilities and how to please his wife. Verse 34, his interests are divided. Same thing, man and woman, your interests will be divided once you get into a relationship. And I don't even need, need to tell you today, your priorities change too. Ladies, when you, when you first seen him, from afar and you're like, oh, he's cute, you know, he's got the haircut, he looked good, like he's taking care of himself, he's in good shape. How many of you know when you hop into a relationship or when you're married, married, a dad bod is a real thing. Things start changing, priorities start changing. Guys, when you first met her, she had her hair done, nails done, everything, oh, she was fancy, but not so much anymore. See, priorities change. Priorities change. Like, can I be real for a moment? I spoke about relationships the other day, and I even said it. Like, man, when we want to rush into a relationship because someone is beautiful and looks good, she's got it all figured out on the surface, don't get fooled. Gravity will get a hold of her too. It's the truth. It's the truth. Don't allow your relationship or the rush, the desire to lead you to a divided devotion to God. You see, I love my wife with all of me. I love you. I love her so much. She's amazing. She's awesome. She's, she's great. She's great. But let me tell you, that girl has changed me in so many different ways. When I was in college, I was a sneakerhead. Love sneakers. Like I had so many shoes. Now I feel like your boy only has three pairs of shoes. There's no such thing as a shoe collection for me any longer. Last week, it was my wife's birthday, and um, I was never really a dog person. Like, I'm not a huge dog fan, but for the past two years, Michelle has been begging me, babe, please, can we get a dog? No. Baby, please, can we get a dog? No. No. Tell me how your boy folded last week and got this girl a dog. 
Bro, I caved. I caved. And, and, and I kid you not, literally now, this is how it's changing me. I'm in the morning, five o'clock in the morning. I'm in the kitchen trying to get my day started. I have this dog squealing and nibbling on my toes. It's such a distraction. I'll, I'll even say this. I'm super frugal. Like, literally, literally want to live by a budget, live by the book. My wife? Hmm. I remember when I was in college, I would go to Chipotle and, and spend $6.95 on a bowl, a chicken bowl, super simple. She's not even a fan of Chipotle, but we went to Chipotle. How did I come out $35 deep on two people? Can I have double chicken? Can I have extra, extra, extra guacamole? Matter of fact, let me have sparkling water. Girl, if you don't get a water cup. <laughs> Things change. Things change. So to all my singles in the room, I say this to you. Don't be in a rush. Don't be in a rush to get out of this season of singleness. And I think with all of that in mind, there's, there's two major things, though, that, that keep us from wanting to be single or, or being okay being single. I think one of them is heartache, the fear of heartache. You see, the fear of heartache when you're single, it makes you feel like singleness means loneliness. It makes you feel like, man, there is no hope that I can find someone for me. You see, that feeling of heartache, what it does, it, it tells us that we are incomplete. I had a friend, and he's a pastor. He's in his 30s, and he was actually single. And uh, he was asked to do a wedding by one of his good friends. And this is so crazy. He's probably going to hate me for saying this. Um, he was asked to do a wedding by one of his good friends. And he's doing the wedding. The reception comes. And at the reception, the mom comes up to him. The groom's mom comes up to him. And she goes, hey, thank you for doing such an amazing job officiating the wedding. But I know it's got to be hard for you, meaning you're single. But I want to tell you, your time is coming. Your time is coming. And he just looked at her like, like I haven't heard it before. A couple weeks later, they ran into each other at the most ironic place, a funeral. And they were literally, they ran into each other, so they figured they would sit together. And as they're sitting down, the mom starts boasting about how happy and overjoyed her son is now that, she, now that he's found his spouse and enjoying the season of marriage. And she starts boasting, and she goes, hey, don't, don't forget, yours is coming too. And he literally told me this. God's still working on him. He goes, hey, meaning we're at a funeral, I want you to know, you're next too. Your time's coming too. I, I, God's really working on him. God's really working on him, and that's, that's okay. He knows that. God is doing a work on his life. You see, singleness doesn't mean you're alone. I even think about some of the most significant people. Jesus, he was single, lived the most purpose-filled life to this day. You see, people, we, they give this terrible idea that being single means you're incomplete, you're missing something, that life hasn't truly began. I want to remind you today, life truly begins when you say yes to Jesus. Life truly begins when you say yes to Jesus. I think the other thing that leads us to fear of being single is heartbreak. I'm not going to lie, after Pastor Howell's message last week, I was praying for so many couples up in this place. 
He, he preached a message that was full of truth and grace. And I really believe that if you, you were in a relationship and there was any little hint that we could be doing this wrong, you've got to be obedient to the prompting of the Spirit and take that step and cut it off. But I think there's this thing that gets in the way of that level of obedience, and it's a fear of heartbreak. You sit there and you say, but I have so much emotionally invested in that relationship. You don't, you don't understand. I can't do it. Maybe it's not an emotional investment. It's a financial investment. Maybe you guys have an apartment together and you bought furniture for that apartment. Now, I can't break up with them. What do we do about all this? We got a joint account. I don't know what to do. It's stopping me. It's holding me back. I want to tell you, the greatest investment is focusing on yourself. Be obedient to the Spirit. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about for tomorrow. God will take care of today. Be obedient to the Spirit. Don't resist that prompting in the Spirit. Don't resist that thing called conviction because that is from the Holy Spirit. Maybe for you it's, I bought her something like jewelry or I bought her a car. How do I get that back? How do I ask for that back? Like it's a real thing. I hear it. I've heard it from several people. How do, I, how do I kindly ask for that, you know, necklace back, you know? Bro, you lost that. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's bye-bye. But I want to be true. I, I want to be real here. Here's the truth. That's why I believe that we should date with healthy boundaries. Because that protects our heart. That protects our soul. We should date with healthy boundaries because those things... They can keep you longer than you really need to stay. Those things can keep you longer than you need to stay. And the truth is this, the failure of realizing that you should let go of something today will cost you so much more tomorrow. It will cost you so much more tomorrow. And here's what I want to lean into today. Your singleness is your greatest moment to become all that God has created you to be with absolutely no distractions. With absolutely no distractions. I want to start right here. Because I believe these principles are for those of you who are in the room that are single. But I think it, whether you're married, whether you're dating, I think it can meet you right where you are today too. Point number one. This is a really big point. Don't miss this. Really, 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 really big point. Pull out the phone. Pull out whatever you need to. In your season of singleness, here it is. You need to focus on yourself. It's prolific. You should be a poet. You should focus on yourself. You see, you want to live a life of significance. You need to focus on being the best version of yourself. You want to live a life of significance. You want to be a good spouse one day. Focus on being the best version of yourself now. Not when you get in a relationship. Because chances are it's too late. Focus on being the best version of of yourself and you see you focus on you because you are the only person that you can fix focus on you because you are the only person that you can fix I was reading an article from psychology today and it said one of the most important things that are leading to relationships failing today is people that don't have shared beliefs and values people that don't have shared beliefs and values maybe you're in the room today you don't know what you believe I want to encourage you the best time to start figuring that out is now. 
The best time to start figuring that out is now. Maybe this is your first time walking into church. I'm so, so glad you are here, but I want to get this in you. God has a plan and a purpose for you. God has you here on purpose and for a purpose. It's not by chance you walked into this room today. You don't have to believe in Jesus to be in this room. You're invited. You can come as you are. You don't need to be fixed to be found by God, but I want you to know he is running after you. He died for you. He cares for you. He loves you. He's running after you. You don't have to be fixed to be found by God. You don't need to be fixed to be in this room. I'm so glad you are here, but I can tell you this. It is so important that you figure out what you believe and what you value today. Focus and figure out what you believe and what you value today. I hear this all the time. Mark, why, why aren't these relationship things working for me? Why is this whole dating thing going in favor of me? I, Mark, I've tried so many times. Mark, help me understand. I'm sorry, I really, I don't have the answers. <laughs> I don't have the answers. I don't know if it's every single time you take that girl out on a date, you're taking her to Steak and Shake after the first date. That's starting out on a bad leg. Maybe it's, it's you're telling them, I'm madly in love with you after date number one. That's weird. Man, I, I don't, maybe, maybe you need a Tic Tac, dog. I, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I really don't know what it is. I'm not a psychic, but I can tell you. It could just be that God doesn't have a relationship in his plans for your life. It, it could just be that all of these relationships aren't a success because you're forcing the issue. You're trusting in your desires and not God's. Every single one of you, God has a perfect plan for your life. The Bible tells us that. But are you trusting that? Are you believing that? Are you seeking his will or operating in your own? I love what Matthew 7 says, because it's a promise from God. And I know when I talk about relationships and seeking to be in a relationship and get out of the season of singleness to hop into something and don't rush into it, I talk about all of these different things. I want to tell you the most important thing you can do, because everyone has an individual journey. You need to seek the will of God. Matthew 7, 7 through 8, it says, keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find Keep on knocking and the door will be open for you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks on the door, it will be open. You can call on them. I may not be able to answer, Hal may not be able to answer, but I can tell you who will. His name is Jesus. Call out to him. Seek his will above your own. It's so important to focus on yourself Believe in God will give you the answers and the clarity you need. Number two, in your season of singleness and in life, this speaks to everybody. It's so important to focus on establishing your community. Focus on establishing your community. Research says those who have healthy uh, relationships or healthy individuals always have healthy relationships. They say healthy relationships actually increase your sense of purpose and belonging. It improves your self-confidence and self-worth. It helps encourage you to change or avoid an unhealthy lifestyle and habits. I love what Proverbs 27 verse 17 says. It says this, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens another. 
So a friend sharpens another. I want you to think about this. Because when iron is sharpening iron, when they're rubbing together, there's a little bit of friction. Things get a little bit of heated. There's a little bit of tension there. But it's actually to the benefit of the iron. You see, some of us, we all need a friend, not even some of us, but all of us, we need a friend that can speak the truth to us and we understand things may get a little heated, but I gotta receive it because it's making me sharper. I gotta receive it because it's making me sharper. We all need a friend in our life that's sharpening us, that's holding us accountable, that's pointing us to the truth, that's able to say, hey, hey, why are you going back to him? You know he's no good for you. Let's, let's talk about it. You don't need a friend that's demeaning, condescending, hypocritical, or gonna gossip and backstab you. No, you need a friend. You need friends to get around you when you're discouraged and you feel hopeless, to remind you the promises of God, what he has spoken over your life. You need a friend to pick you up when you have fallen down, and you're gonna fall. The Bible tells us the wise man falls seven times, but he gets back again. I will believe the wise man always has somebody along his side when he falls. Who are the people that you have in your life to encourage you when you're discouraged? Who are the people you have in your life to hold you accountable? Who are the people that you know it's a safe place? It's not, it's not coming from a place of arrogance or disgruntledness or they're coming at me with a hardened heart. No, they're speaking truth with grace because they love me, because they care for me. You also need those who will help you focus on eliminating distractions in your life. Number three, in a season of singleness, even in your marriage, it's so important to focus on eliminating distractions. You see, Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 7, verse 35. He says, I'm saying this for your own benefit. I'm not placing restrictions on you. My aim is that nothing will get in the way of your appropriate behavior and study devotion to God. You see, the call that God has placed on your life, the purpose that God has set out for you, the plans that he has for your life, all of you in this room, he has a plan and a purpose for you. The enemy wants to distract you from that. The enemy wants to distract you from that. And I really believe what the enemy can't destroy, he will distract. What the enemy can't destroy, he will distract. He will try and distract you and derail you from walking in the purpose that God has set out for your life. He will try and distract you from being all that God has created you to be. And those distractions, they come in all different shapes. They come in all different forms. comes all different ways. I, I want to be super practical with this because I, I, I face this in my own life. These distractions that derailed me from walking in purpose. Maybe for you, it's social media. Maybe for you, the distraction is social media and you're, you're trying to walk in singleness. But every single time you, you, you swipe up, swipe up, you, you happen to see it. We all see it, a happy couple just standing in the middle of the wheat field. <laughs> and maybe for you, you're scrolling through social media and it's, it's the past. It just keeps reminding you and 
bringing you back to your past, your ex-boyfriend, your ex-girlfriend. Every time you swipe, you see them together happy on their story. Maybe for you, your distraction is your phone. Maybe the distraction is you can't get away from going back to the old text messages, the old text thread that you and he had or you and she had. And it just keeps taking you back and it's making you want to go back to what you used to have. It's making you feel defeated. Can I tell you, it doesn't make you weak to press on follow or delete. It makes you wise. Maybe for you, it's, it's the phone and late at night it's getting a hold of you and it's making you look at images that you have no business looking at. That is a distraction from the enemy. I, I, I can tell you this because the Bible tells us to be radical about sin. Be radical about things that distract us. Maybe you got a smartphone, you need to get a flip phone. I, I just want to be real today because I really do believe if we get a hold of this truth, Chains will be broken. Captives will be made free. And we will be the change in the world that we wish to see because I believe there's so many things in today's day and age that are distracting us from walking in purpose. I think maybe for you today, your distraction is the plug. Let's be G. Some of us struggle with different things and it's that guy that keeps hitting you up to hit the blunt. Or that person that's hitting you up to go to the parties on the weekend. I don't know what it is. Delete their number. Block their number. Cut them off. Cut them off. When it comes to sin, when it comes to things that are deterring you from walking in purpose, there is nothing that is too crazy or radical. There is nothing that is bizarre. There is nothing that is too radical. Maybe for you, you have a mutual friend between you and your ex and Every single, every single time you guys get together, they're giving you the 411 on his every move or her every move and giving you all the updates. Man, if they can't respect that you need a healthy boundary and don't need to hear any of that, it's okay to take a break. It's okay to separate yourself for a season. Man, I, I, I know this to be true. Video games are a distraction. All the dudes just looked up and their eyes just got bigger. Video games are a distraction. I was reading an article and it says the average male by the age of 21 will spend more than 10,000 hours playing video games. 10,000 hours. I did the math, that's actually equivalent to having a full-time 40-hour job for four years. You're going to tell me that's not a distraction. It's distracting you from spending time focused on Jesus. It's distracting you from focusing on your greatest needs. It's distracting you from spending time with God early in the morning and late at night. It's derailing you from finding your purpose. Man, let me tell you this, rebounds. Rebounds are a real thing still. And what a rebound does, it tries to distract us from the woundedness or the hurt that we have in the past. You're going to be playing for a little bit. I'm sorry, bro. I'm feeling this. <laughs> you see, oftentimes we, we invite a rebound into our life to distract us from a wound, from a hurt that we have yet to deal with in our heart. Let me tell you this. Here's the truth. A Band-Aid will never heal the wound. Only treatment does. 
you got to be intentional with dealing with your woundedness. you got to be intentional in dealing with the hurt parts of your life. I would be failing us if I didn't say it. A distraction in a relationship, if you're not married, is sex. Sex is a distraction. Sex is one of the greatest distractions. So many of us in this room probably struggle with this, but we fail to admit it. Sex is keeping you in that relationship longer than you need to be. You see, what sex does, it creates these things called soul ties. And what these soul ties do, it entraps you. Have enough soul ties, you will be tied up, caught up in something you were never meant to be in. And now you're stuck because you can't walk in purpose. Now you're stuck because you can't walk straight in the plan that God has set out for you because your legs are tied up. Don't let the soul tie be the thing that keeps you from walking in the purpose of God because sex will keep you in a relationship longer than you need to stay. Sex will take you so far out. You think that just sleeping around, no one will see it. It's not affecting anybody. It's affecting your soul. It's affecting your soul. I remember when I first got my license, my dad had this brand new BMW. God knows why he thought it was a good idea to give his 16-year-old son the keys to a brand new BMW. I remember the first time I drove this thing, I scraped the whole side of it coming out of the garage. My dad being so gracious, he let me drive it again. I don't know why something was wrong with him. I don't know. Pulling into a parking lot, I scraped the side of it again. Your boy is a better driver now, trust me, I'm, I'm good, we're good. You see, the thing about it that's so crazy, I was so fearful, I didn't know how to talk to my dad about it. I didn't know how to express it to my dad, I didn't know how to let my dad know the truth, because I knew this was something that was of great value. You see, just like that, your body is of great value. It was never meant to be banged around or bump into things. You see, God says your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. As a child of God, you have the Holy Spirit that lives within you. When you know your worth, when you know it's something valuable, you will not just run it into things and bang it around. I want to go here, number four. In your singleness and in life, for those of you who are in this room, it's so important to focus on working on your baggage. Work through your baggage. You see, your baggage can be past hurts. It could be things that came up in your family, things that took place in your childhood. It could be daddy issues. And that's not just strictly girls. That also speaks to guys. It could be things that you have yet to work through in your life. And maybe you're here tonight and your baggage is beyond the fact that you have been single and waiting on God for years for a significant other. Maybe your problem is not what's taking place in the present, but something that happened in the past. And I want to tell you, it's that, that feeling of woundedness. Maybe somebody left you. They cheated on you. They backstabbed you. They lied to you. They gossiped about you. They made you to look like a fool to people. I want you to know, it is so important that you work through that baggage before you get into marriage before you get into a relationship. Uh, I think this is, this is the reality of it. I'm married, I love my wife, like I said. I never realized how expensive traveling was 
when you're married. I, I never realized, like, it, it blew my mind. I remember Michelle and I were getting ready to go on our honeymoon. We're flying to Puerto Rico, and we get to the airport, and we have all of our suitcases and stuff. You see my wife, for a five-day trip, she will pack for five months. She'll bring everything she has. I remember we get to the airport, and we go to check our bags, and the teller, she looks at me. She goes, okay, sir, it's going to be $362. I'm like, girl, you is not about to get $362 from me today. Explain. Well, you know, her bag is, you know, triple overweight. Your bag is a little overweight too, so I'm going to have to hit you with the overweight charge. I'm like, $362 in overweight charges? Nah, I'm good. Michelle, throw out all of your stuff right now. <laughs> but the crazy thing about it is the more baggage you carry, the more expensive it gets, the more it costs you the more it requires of you to let it go, the more you have to release, the more you have to work through. The truth of it is this, your baggage, the more you carry, it's gonna keep you from being able to move forward in confidence and strength. It's too heavy for you to carry. So the important thing you gotta do is release it. You gotta leave it behind you. I want to tell you this, I want to be super practical today. Here at Grace Family Church, we really do believe if you do need healing, if you do have baggage, we want to create places that are safe to you to safe for you to find healing. We've got small groups. We've got celebrate recovery, we've got freedom. We've got different places for you to find healing and work through your baggage. I think the greatest thing that we need to understand today, whether we're single, whether we're married, whether we're dating, there is so much for us to work through in our lives. There is so much for us to work through in our lives because if we don't get ahead of it, it will keep us from walking in purpose. It will keep us from walking in the plan that God has set out for us. I want you to get this, the last one right here. Whether you're single, whether you're in this room and you're married, dating, wherever you are in life, you need to run after Jesus. Focus on running after Jesus. And you see, sometimes in life, it, it feels really hard to, to run after Jesus, especially when you have a lot of baggage, when you have a lot of weight, when you have a lot of bondage. I just really feel this in my spirit. I, I want to I talk to somebody today because I feel like somebody's in this room right now and I, I got off that baggage talk a little bit too fast because maybe you have some baggage in your life. Maybe it's not something that someone did to you but something you did to yourself and you feel like your sin is the thing that's holding you back from walking in purpose. You feel like you're too wounded or too broken to be fixed or found by God. I want to tell you, Romans chapter 8, verse 30, uh, 3, 39, it says this, there is nothing that can separate us from the love of Jesus Christ. There is nothing that can separate you from the love of Jesus Christ, nothing that you did in your past, nothing that you do in the present, and nothing that you can do in your future. He has set you free when he died 2,000 years ago on the cross for your sin, for your shame, for your brokenness, for my problems, for my iniquities, for my baggage. He took care of it all. So don't let that be the thing that stops you from walking in purpose, from walking in the plans that God has for you. Like I said, point number five is run after Jesus. 
run after Jesus. How do I run after Jesus? I want to go back to number one because I said just focus on yourself. You need to focus on yourself. You need to ask yourself this question. Am I really walking in purpose? Have I really taken all the steps to be the best version of myself? Am I being the person before I meet the person? Run after Jesus. Man, number two was this. Focus on establishing yourself in community. Do you have the community you need when life hits you in the face to get you back up and point you back to your purpose? Do you have the community you need in your life to point you back to the truth? We've got small groups here. It's a perfect place to start with community. It's a perfect place to start with community. Man, living out your purpose, that starts by serving God's church. Man, we got serve teams that make this night happen. You want you want help finding your start there. Number three was this: eliminate distractions. Ask yourself the question: What distractions do I have in my life that I need to get rid of? Number four was get rid of your baggage. Ask yourself the question: What baggage do I have in my life that I need to release? Number five was run fast after Jesus. The question is this, have you truly surrendered your life to God? Whatever season you find yourself in, have you truly trusted that God has a plan and a purpose for your life? Have you truly believed in your heart that God is going to see it through? Every head bowed and every eye closed, I wanna pray. I feel like there's somebody in the room, there's a few of us in the room right now that are saying, I have not surrendered. I have not surrendered my life to Jesus. If that's you, I just want to lead you in a prayer of salvation because I believe when you walk in purpose, when you walk in the understanding that Jesus has a plan and a purpose for your life, your whole life will change for the better. You're not worried about finding a spouse. You're worried about following your Savior. So you don't have to say this out loud. You don't need to repeat it out loud. You just need to say it to yourself. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. I know I'm a sinner, and I know that you died for me. So, Father, help me, Lord, to live a life that's pleasing to you. Amen.